0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Change Your Game with GTD podcast. I'm Todd Brown, and I'm here, as always, with Robert Peek. Our purpose in creating this podcast is to support you as you explore and implement the GTD methodology. Uh, We're trying to share best practices. We're trying to share our own experiences and thoughts, and as GTD trainers and coaches, what we learn out in the world as we deliver this material. and Robert, we've had a we've had an email over the last little while from uh, from a, a listener to the podcast, um, and Tim has has really, I think, provided both of us with a lot of food for thought about um, topics that I think are probably of general of general interest for a lot of folks who are listening to the podcast. Um, he's Tim's, I think, challenged with in many ways. Um, some of the higher levels of GTD thinking. When I say that, what I mean is um, is projects in particular and also uh, things that are north of the projects in, in what we call the Horizons of Focus model, so, so things like areas of focus. And, he's, and he sent us some very specific examples of things that he's struggling with. So uh, I think what you and I agreed just as we were getting prepped for this was we'd spend a little bit of time talking about his specific examples and, and riff a bit on our own experience and, and how we think we might be able to help him. And as I say, I think, I think these are topics that are probably going to be um, uh, of, of interest to an awful lot of people.
1: Yeah, definitely. No, it was great to, great to get that um, that input, and um, yeah, you know, I think there's a lot we can jump off on. Should we should we kind of dig in with? Uh, yeah, let's go for it. So, so I think th- there were generally kind of three areas that he he felt were he was struggling with, in relation to the model. You know, and and the only purpose of the model is how do you actually keep this stuff on a practical basis in your system so it works for you, um, and that is recurring type stuff. So it repeats. Um, at some kind of interval, it's a similar type of pattern. Um, open-ended stuff um, called just, you know, this. This uh, I could always do more here, right? <laughs> Things like sales or your health or whatever. Um, and long-term stuff, so stuff that's probably longer time horizon than what we typically define for a project, which is, you know, about about within the next year or so. Um, so thoughts thoughts on kind of those three just just at a high level in terms of what they are how you think about them.
0: Yeah, let, let's start with repetitive projects because I think that's something that's really um, you know I've run into it a lot and I've seen it a lot out in the world. You know, he's got these kind of um, regular commitments to make things happen, right? So so in his case, he's um, you know he's talking about the creation of some the creation of some some broadcast content is out of his life, but. Uh, I mean, I I completely get where he's coming from. It it feels like sometimes you've got, you know, I've got to produce this thing. I produce this thing every quarter, or I produce this thing every month, and the outcome therefore can start to look, um, well, it, quite often it will it will in its initial entry in somebody's system it will look exactly the same way that that it maybe looked the last time around, and therefore it's not that. It's not very inspirational in many cases, right? So the, the if, if my goal is to to write a blog once a quarter, okay, well here we go. Write blog shows up on my projects list once a quarter. So, you know, as I've been thinking about that, one one thing that he might want to do is think about how is this iteration of that. Project different from previous iterations of that project. In other words, is there something special about the content that he's creating? Can he can he define the um, you know the topic that he's going to be talking about this time? Is there you know what makes this project different from from projects that he's addressed in the past? And and it may be that as the you know as as he's first engaging with this this next iteration of this repetitive project, it could be that at the beginning it looks exactly the way that it's looked in the past, you know, write the blog or whatever it is. Um, but I'm just, I guess what I'd encourage him to do is, is as time goes by to think about how can I refine, how can I hone that outcome so that the project looks a bit more like something that is uh, well, m- more definite, more, more specific in terms of what I'm creating. And, um, and, and number two, uh, then probably more inspiring and something that he's more, interested in in engaging with in his, in his system. I don't know. What do you reckon?
1: No, I think that's great. Yeah. And particularly for those things where, um, you know, they are different topics and we have to do research. There's, you know, there's stuff involved leading up to it that yes, it's the same, it looks like the same kind of deliverable or whatever it is outcome, but, but that there's, you know, variety to it. I think that's, that's great. Um, One example that comes to mind for me of that Type of thing is this podcast. So um, for me, I'll just say how I manage this in my system, and this is going to be a, a somewhat seasoned to taste type of thing. But what what I do is I have uh, recordings scheduled in in my calendar. As you you know, we kind of just rock up and say hi, how are you, and hit the record button, right? So there's not it's not a uh, significant difference or flavor in terms of the mechanics of of how we do these ones. I'm not doing a lot of research beforehand or that kind of thing. In fact, we sometimes don't know what we're going to talk about until, until a few minutes before. Downstream of that, producing the podcast is also uh, very routine. So once we've recorded it, it's at that point that I put a project in my system. Uh, so for me, the calendar reminder is enough that in my weekly reviews, I'm going to catch, oh, hey, a podcast coming up. And, and I, because I don't need to do a lot of prep for that, um, that's, that's the triggering event that then causes me to create a project. Now, the project downstream of that um, is very regularized. So one thing I highly recommend for anything that's template type of work is, is a checklist. The wonderful thing about a checklist is um, well, just, you know, a couple weeks ago someone said, Hey, you know something about checking the audio levels. That goes into my checklist. Right. So every time I'm refining every one of these runs is getting a little that little bit better because I'm refining a very standardized list of what needs to happen to get all the way to completion and to know I've not missed any bits. Um, so that that checklist goes straight into my project support. I just literally copy-paste that in. I've got the outcome you know, right at the top. Uh, starts out as, let's say, August podcast produced, and then I actually change it to what the title of the podcast is when we decide on one. And then there's waiting for us, and back and forth, and approval, and uh, waiting for the transcript to come back, and all kinds of things. So there's mechanics there that really merit it being a project. Um, but for a lot of these things uh, that are r- routine or recurring, um, I can start with a calendar reminder if that's really the starting starting line, the starting block for this thing. Uh, if it's not, I want a project in there that says, "Hey, leading up to whatever the calendared event is, I'm going to be doing stuff." But either way, if it's if it's at all routine, or you know, as Todd said, if there is some variation and some mix, perhaps of routine. Um, having a checklist and knowing what the appropriate trigger is going to be for you to get that into your system as an active commitment um, is, I think, I think really, really important to managing that type of thing.
0: Uh, it's a great point, and I think that's that's just a general uh, reminder for for all of us, you know, myself included. I find that really helpful. That um, it's not always the case that something needs to be a project. Um, Until it really makes sense for it to be a project, right? If what you're saying, and I think I'm I'm, what I'm hearing you saying is if you had a project in your system prior to, you know, these, 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 uh, video link calls we do, um, that said, you know, produce the, produce the podcast or whatever, that wouldn't feel helpful that for you, it's the trigger of the, the calendar event that actually says, okay, now it's time to create a project. So, um, yeah, great, and some and some great self awareness there, I think, as well of, of what works for you. And obviously, any entry in your system, you need to feel like, hey, that's helpful. I want to see that. That's something that that you know, it, I'm I'm encouraged therefore to engage with my system because I know that I'm going to find reminders there that are reminders that I want to see. Good stuff. Yeah, good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's move on to to Tim's second point. He was talking about <clears throat> he's he's talking about um, handling open ended um he calls them uh, open-ended commitments he doesn't use the word commitments but you know things that he needs to do on a regular basis. Um, he's talking about setting up a, a social event which he does which he does regularly for a group of friends And I think um, this is a really interesting one I mean it, it it's tangential to what we've already been talking about but it might be helpful for us to talk a little bit about how um, this now starts to get into the area of, uh, starts to get into the area of areas of focus, right? So, what he's saying is, hey, every couple of weeks we put together this social event. Uh, part of what I need to keep track of is the fact that that's a commitment that I have, and that I'm going to be, um, you know, counted on. People are counting on me to 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 arrange. Any thoughts on that? Any thoughts on you know advice? Yeah, uh, you know, I think.
1: Um you know, the areas of focus versus project distinction is is an interesting one. Because um, once people learn that something that's open-ended is an area of focus, that, that can really help them. They go, oh, OK, I get how that's distinct from a project. But that doesn't mean you don't also have projects within that area. So it can be really useful with an open-ended thing, not to just go, oh, well, this is open-ended. I'll put it on my area of focus list, and, and that's that. It's not a binary thing. It could be, yes, this is an area of focus called socialize regularly. Um, I'm you know, just in, in the, the um, habit more and more of um, just coming out wherever I can as a big old nerd. So I'll give my example is actually um, I run a regular uh, a Dungeons and Dragons role playing group. right? And that's an area of focus for me. I want it to be great. I want to make sure we're doing it regularly and so forth. Um, but the individual scheduled sessions I have preparation and things to do for. And so that to me is a discrete commitment. We got a game coming up on Sunday. That's a project, right? Because I've got more than one step to get ready to do that thing. So socializing regularly may be an area of focus. Specific social events, uh, if there are multiple steps and projects and planning and things to do that, that you've actively committed to, may be a project. So I think one of the keys with areas of focus is not to just go, oh, well, that's just ongoing. But to really say, well, that's ongoing. And are there specific instances of things I need to do in relation to that to keep that ongoing thing on track? And really, to me, that's kind of the purpose, as I see it, of the areas of focus is that practical thing of being able to scan down a list and say health and family and uh, sales and whatever and say, is there anything I need to do about these? Right? Is there any is there any practical projects that, in a sense, get instantiated or created as a result of reviewing these higher level areas? I don't know. What's what's your experience with with areas of focus well, with that distinction?
0: Yeah, I think I think you brought up something that's really important, which is you know we talk about the benefits in in GTD of having a system with clean edges. One of the things that I think is really important is that your areas of focus are not in the same place as your projects. I know that's a small thing. That sounds like a small thing, but I think it's really important to your point. What you don't want to be doing is looking over a list of things which have different meaning for you. So um, yeah, what I'd say is number one, make sure that the areas of focus is a separate list. And by the way, it, it could very well be that your areas of focus list doesn't get the same uh, the same, uh, you know, the sort of frequency of review as your projects list, right? A lot of people find that looking at their areas of focus list, yeah, once a month kind of does it, right? That's as much as it needs. So that's one thing I'd say. The other thing I say, that I'd say is, yes, absolutely, I'm with you about you know areas of focus, um, as we review them, they, they quite often beget projects, and the projects then help us to make sure that we're maintaining those areas of focus appropriately. Yes, absolutely. And the other thing I guess I'd say, and this, this might work for, for Tim, I don't know, but it, it could also be that... Sometimes, in order to have an area of focus um, sort of, uh, you know, uh, being maintained at the at the appropriate level, you just need to have actions. It might just be that there's a next action or a waiting for, or it might be that there isn't a project, right? That that uh, you know, let's just take as an example. He's got this this um, this. Um, uh, social event coming up that he's going to, uh, you know, that he's going to be taking part in, but by and large, it's being run by somebody else. He's delegated it to somebody else. Right. And in that case, all he might need to have in his system then is a waiting for reminder that says, Hey, this, this person is making this meeting happen. So, yeah, again, I think, um, it's, I, I find those situations really quite interesting. You know, I, I, I don't, it, it, it goes back to, I think, um, some people's understanding of the horizons of focus, and, and certainly mine, initially was, okay. Well, if you've got an area of focus, then you must have a project. If it's not being maintained properly, and then you must have an next action, of course, to move that project forward. Well, actually, in some cases, you know, the, the project the project level of the model isn't appropriate. So all you need to do is is, as I say, is have a next action. I think
1: that's a really really good point. Um, you know, particularly about separating the lists and just just all of that. And as I hear you talk, well, you know, one of the things I'm thinking about is the difference between, um, you know, I think initially a lot of people get the rule and go, "All right, let's apply, let's apply the rule." Um, but there's kind of a higher thing here too, which is making sure that this is extremely practical for you in terms of how it helps you. And I think the one of the best ways I know. Um, to do that is to, to kind of cast my mind forward to think about my future self and to think about what is that self going to want or need by way of reminders input information structure so that I'm making sure that I'm not nothing slipping through the cracks for me and that I can make sure nothings slipping through the cracks for me almost as mindlessly as possible because I have just the right the right kind of reminders built. And the other thing I hear you really talking about is not overbuilding or underbuilding, right? Like you're saying, an area of focus could have a single next action. You know, I think of health and going to the dentist. I don't need a dental, you know, sparkling teeth project there, you know? And if I see that on my list along with the dent- dentist calendar item, I just go, no, you know, it's not, it's not, that's, that's a too many layers, too many, too much building, uh, maybe based on the rules, or your under your understanding or misunderstanding of the rules. When uh, you know, as as you say, really getting practical and ruthless with this. And one of the one of the things is if you do have a lot of mixed stuff, and you find yourself feeling repulsed by those lists, or uneasy with those lists, or overwhelmed by those lists, you can start to go, well, why is why is this not practical for me? Why am I not coming away from this going, yeah, all right, I've got, I'm on top of this stuff and that's a great question to ask and the answers are going to be different for different people but usually it comes down to overbuilding underbuilding or mixing mixing stuff mm. up so mm. yeah that that's that's great
0: or or lack of frequency of review right is the other thing yes. people just aren't yes. engaging overall
1: Yes, the system.
0: A that's a great one,
1: and that kind of leads nicely into you know to, to talking about the the open-ended stuff and what's the appropriate level of build or the appropriate structuring uh, to his third question, which is about the really long-term stuff—the stuff where you know you're committed to doing it, but gosh, it's two, three years or more from now. What's what are what are your thoughts on that?
0: Well, I think um, so. Let, let's go back to this idea that. The um, that the commitments that you have and the way that you track them in your system, um, there needs to be enough granularity there to be helpful. So, what I'm getting at is, uh, if you've got an outcome that is two years away, right? Again, if we if we just use the GTD words around all this, we would call that a goal, right? That's not a that's not a project. That's not something you're going to do in the next 12 months. It's it's a goal. It's something that's a bit further further down the road. So, again, my first piece of advice would be. Have a place where those kinds of things live, right? Um, what's interesting, I think, about the horizons of focus in general is that as you go further up in the model, uh, you, in terms of the levels of the model, so as you go from projects to areas of focus to to goals, the complexity of the system that you need to maintain those things goes down, right? So at the, especially at the at the upper levels of the model, you know just a list right of in many cases quite a short list is is pretty much all you'll 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 probably need but anyway so number 1 would be make sure that you've got a a place in your system where those longer term things live and then i think a really in- interesting question is okay well if i need to have you know created this thing in two years time what's my project right and, and there might be multiple projects but what what are the things that i need to do in the next 12 months in order to enable that Right. So Tim's example is talking about is about writing a book. Okay. Well, then if the, if the book is due in a couple of years time, then what are the projects, right? What are the things that need to get done this year in order to enable that the, you know, that the publisher has the complete, you know, the complete draft by the end of uh, whatever in, in two years time. So, so the. The projects might have to do with research. The projects might have to do with um, with drafting chapters. The the product, you know, it might have to do with um, conversations with people. You know, setting up um, setting up conferences to 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 gather ideas. I you know, I'm just spinning. I'm just spinning ideas here, but I think it's a. um, I think that's again one of the things that that is important is that we've. We've thought through the outcome, and in this case, this longer term, this two-year outcome, we've thought it through, and we've and we've atomized it. Right, we've we've created the right level of detail so that we number one get the thing off our heads, and number two that we um, uh, that we feel like we've you know we've we've set up the right outcomes to to achieve in order to in, in order to um, uh, make sure that that longer term goal in fact happens. I don't know. What do you reckon?
1: That's great. And I see some some parallel there with um, the areas of focus, right? That thing of when you identify it as an area of focus or a long-term goal or whatever, that's great, but it's not necessarily just out of sight, out of mind, right? You may that may still then cause you to realize there are some nearer term projects or individual actions that you need to take, you know, in in the immediate horizon of activity to be able to either maintain that area of focus or move toward that. That long-term goal. So I think it's 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 similar. It's kind of a, a you need both. Now it's not an either-or thing in a lot of cases, right? For these ones that that do also contain an active commitment component. Um, and as you know, as you were talking, I was thinking really, in terms of all of this, finding the right structure or level structure. I think you used the word granularity, for you. At a meta level, I think what I'm thinking about. Um, when I'm trying to find that for myself in terms of my system to keep my system sharp and relevant, um, is kind of the question: what do I, what do I need to do in my system so I can sort of forget about it now, but recall it when I need to? Right. So what what do I got to do so I can go? Okay, that's off that's off my mind for now. I can focus on something else, but I'm confident that I'm going to be able to recall it when I need to. Right. So, in the case of a long-term goal that Just, you know, I'm going to look at it next year, fine. If it's a long-term goal, but I've got a project that I need to be moving on now, fine. If there's an action for that, great. If there's some calendar items for that, great. But you don't stop. You really don't stop in terms of building the elements you need into your system until you can kind of say, okay, I know I'm going to hit those reminder points based on my habits of reviewing calendar and weekly review and daily list review and so forth. I know I'm going to hit those reminder points later. I can truly let go of it now. Hmm. Until, you, until you hit that point, I think you haven't probably built enough. And if you're just going on rules of, oh, this is an area of focus and whatever, um, and then suddenly you're needing to pretend you have to fill in all the subsequent components, there's got to be a project because it's you know the, the model always has to cascade down or whatever, you may then be, be overbuilding. So I think rules lead to overbuilding. Um, you know, and and a lack of really getting clear about how what do I what is my future self absolutely going to need can sometimes lead to that that underbuilding
0: as mm. as well. Um, I think that's a, I think that's a nice segue then into um, into the last issue that Tim wrote us about, and that's this. Um, he the words that he uses are that when he's engaging in his weekly review and he's engaging with his list, he finds that his eyes glaze over at the projects list. Um, and so, I'm um, oh, sorry, there's one more point, which we will come on to, which is how we maintain support and reference material. Well, actually, sorry, let's do that one first. That, that may, one's maybe a bit more tactical and and, um, uh, and and probably a bit more quickly handled. So his question is about how do I maintain support and reference material for these looping or slowly unfolding projects, right? So it's this marrying marrying up of, hey, the outcome, uh, or, or the area of focus for that matter, but, but whatever it is, is well-defined in my system. If it's an outcome, ideally, it's a, you know, it's a sentence or two that talks about what the done state looks like. If it's an area of focus, it's a, it's a description of that, that area in my life that I need to maintain. But as Tim implies, you know, quite often, there's quite a lot of information that goes along with a project, an area of focus, a goal. So what do we do with that? What, what do you do with that in your own system? Or what have you seen that works out in the, in the real world? For me,
1: a lot of it comes down to how often am I, am I going to be in and out of this? How often am I going to need this reference uh, material um, as I go about you know, kind of my, my day-to-day and my work? So in answering that question, the answer that I've come up with for myself is a distinction between project support and general, general reference. So I'll tend to put into general reference anything that's long term or in relation to an area of focus or just anything that I I need to get back at some point, but isn't strictly related to something that I'm doing in my immediate action horizon, right within the next year on a project list, that kind of thing. That's where general reference filing goes. Most of it is digital. I've got I've got some you know physical. I've got a. a a filing cabinet behind me for the physical stuff. Most of it's digital, simple A through Z ref, you know, labeled the way I'm going to think of it when I want it back, and that's how it goes in. I do also have a folder. I'm looking at it right now on my desktop called Project Support, and this is for those active projects uh, where I label it, you know, based on on something that reminds me of, of what the project outcome is, um, and that's where I keep stuff that I'm going to be in and out of a lot more frequently. So for me, having those discrete places rather than having to search all over the place and having it all kind of bundled in, in one place for projects uh, in particular really helps, helps me. Anything other than a project, um, you know, I'm typically going to just put into general reference for now and know that when it's time to initiate projects or bring some of that stuff forward um, that, that I will. But I really kind of distinguish between reference in relation to actionable and reference that's just reference that I that I'm not actioning now. What 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 do you do, Todd?
0: Yeah, uh, I, I think my my system is broadly similar. Most of my reference, whether it's project specific reference or um, or whether it's just more general reference, is digital. Um, I I like you have a filing cabinet. I have yet to meet the person in my travels who has completely done away with paper. That we all have a bit of paper in our lives, um, but that paper reference is not. Terribly often, you know, referred to. It's 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 there in case we need it, but it's not. It's it's not something that we're dipping in and out of uh, every day. And and a bit like you, you know, if if, if you look at my system, what you can see is there is a there is a section in in um, which I maintain in um, it's mostly as email reference really, which is uh, you know which is really just. Uh, project-specific stuff and, you know, broken down by project, so it's very clear and very quick to get into and, and get the things that I need. Um, you know, it, it just reminds me of what we say in you know, GTD 101. It's, does your system have clean edges? And what I mean by that is, if I said to you, okay, point to your project support, you could do that, whether it was on a screen or whether it was physical or on your desk, you could point to your project support, right? So, I think that's important when we when we think about our own systems. One, one test for does your system have clean edges is you know pick an element is, is it action support is it is it uh, you know is it your general reference where do I find that if 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 I were going to be looking at your system where would it go um, and that very simple question I think can help in a lot of instances
1: yeah one little quick aside just on the on the recurring projects to point out is that I do have a specific area called checklists so that's where I'll go to find for example what are all the things I need to do to make sure this podcast is produced right what are all the things I need to ask in a, in a, a call before a coaching session to make sure I'm ready to go when we start the coaching what are you know all, all of these different things and so the, the things that are related to recurring, projects or activities, I have one area called checklists where, where all of those go. And there are other checklists in there that are not necessarily related to recurring things. Um, but that's just as I said, that's technically where I put those guys as well.
0: Great. Great. Good reminder. Um, so let's come on then to that final point about, you know, if, if you're finding that as you're engaging with your projects list, your eyes are glazing over what's going on. The the, the I'm sorry. I, that's a, it's a it's a frustration, and the reason I was smiling just then is because I'm taken back to when I was getting certified as a coach um, by Meg Edwards all those years ago, and one of the things that Meg used to say was, look, really, when it comes down to it, there's Either the things in your system attract you, or you, re- or they repel you. There's very little middle ground for most people, and that comes to mind for me quite often in situations like this. Right? If if your eyes are glazing over when you're engaging with your projects list, and it's clearly not attracting you, your system, the, the, those elements of your system. So, so what, what would we, you know, if somebody's got a, a situation where it's come weekly review time, and they're looking through their projects list, and they just go. No inspiration, no engagement, or very little engagement. You know what? What, what would we? Um, what would you tell folks in that situation?
1: Well, one of the first things I find is something you mentioned earlier. That's just on a purely practical basis. Is you may be mixing and matching. <clears throat> your brain really doesn't like that. When when you're when you tell your brain we're going to look at a list of outcomes that are all active outcomes we're committed to and there's even one or two things in there that aren't that, um, it, it creates some real dissonance. It, it really does. And it slows the process down uh, because you're having to think in a different way um, in a context that's supposed to be, uh, that's supposed to be homogeneous. Um, so really, I think um, that's, that's a big starting point. It's just the mechanics of it called, are your projects really projects? Are your actions really actions? If so, then are they really stated in a, in a way that gives you the maximum opportunity to be able to recognize them without rethinking? And that's the other part, I think, that creates cognitive dissonance that just on a practical basis causes you to go, ugh, when you look at those lists, is having to rethink in any way. So to prevent that, projects stated as, as outcomes, I just say, What's the finish line you're going to cross? How would you say that? What would what would you tell yourself, or what would you uh, what would be true in order for you to tick this project off as done? And that's literally what you write. Now, on on top of that, if you ideally you want it to be enticing, desirable, positive, successful. You want to be priming your brain for what this looks like to successfully cross this finish line. So if they're not stated those that way, that's that's the next kind of level of cleanup. And ditto the next actions, next actions. It's quite the opposite. You want uh, just the smallest, most bite-sized, most I have no excuse not to do it kind of statement about what the very next action is. Um, so yes, making sure it's making sure it's all of one type that it's consistent with what you've said, that it's within a clean edge and all of that type um, when it's in the edge, and then that it's really stated. Um, optimally so that the projects are inspiring and the next actions seem easy to do. Um, it, it's, it's the best way I know to kind of you know prime, prime your mind for, hey, we can do this. Hey, we can do this. Mm. And that's the kind of feeling you want to be having is, hey, we're on top of this and hey, we can do this as a result of a, of a weekly review. What, what do you uh, think, Todd?
0: Yeah, no, as you're talking about it, the example that comes to mind for me, and I think I might have quoted this before, but I'll I'll just mention it again because I think it's apropos, um, uh, in, in, a, in a coaching once, um, sorry, no, it was in a seminar, and we were talking about what somebody's desired outcome was, and she was... Um, and she was saying that she was moving moving house. She was going to get a new uh, a new flat, and so she could have expressed that in you know, well, I'm going to, you know, I've moved, or I've moved into my new flat, or something like that. And uh, but the words that she chose, I absolutely love. She said her her desired outcome was, I am sitting on the balcony of my new flat, enjoying the view and a glass of wine with my cat and I absolutely love that because it I mean at the end of the day you know both outcomes in a sense you know a logical person would look at them and go yeah well I, I recognize that they are similar things but the emotional content and therefore the motivational content of the you know of the second one is so much more powerful and so uh, and I know it can be you know it can also be a little bit you um, you know, a little embarrassing sometimes to come up with those more emotionally engaging uh, you know outcomes. But no one else is going to look at this, right? So go ahead, you know embarrass yourself a bit. you know pick an outcome that really speaks to you. It doesn't have to be one hundred percent, by the way, guaranteed achievable, right? david David uh, very memorably says David Allen memorably says, you know your outcome should be fifty one percent believable. So go for that kind of a threshold. But um, yeah, you know, choose choose forms of words and images that really make you feel like, yeah, this is something that this is something that I'm that's important to me that I'll be excited when I've achieved it, and it feels like a um, an outcome worth worth striving for.
1: Definitely, we are we are emotional we're emotional beings, you know. And as much as this is a dispassionate and logistical system, how you relate to that dispassionate and logistical system. You know, you're still relating to your life, which is very much a, you know, either a a, a being inspired or or enduring, uh, grudgingly kind of experience. that you get to pick, you know. So definitely, you know, set set yourself up with those outcomes that are, as you say, um, believable and inspiring. Um, and get the ones that aren't off of there. I think is another thing, right? So when we talk about stuff that's that's all of one type, any of those projects that are no longer really active commitments, or that you just go, wow, there's just so many here. The next question is, what can I renegotiate? What can mm-hmm. I renegotiate? What mm-hmm. can I what can I take and put into someday maybe in a conscious, responsible way? So I'm not just dropping it, because frankly, I got so much on, I might just drop it and feel bad about it if I just keep it on here and pretend that I'm ever going to be able to do it. Can I get out of here? What can I what kind of, you know, cruft and truly, you know, not not inspiring stuff can I move along in my life um, and get out of my active system into a place where I'm not gonna lose it, but you know, I'm gonna review it a lot less frequently to say, do do I have capacity now or desire for this? So yeah, that that just reminded me of, you know, another another element of the the inspirational project list is that it is all stuff that you really uh, are choosing to do and can do and is reasonable to do you know for you and if it if it's not it's renegotiation time you know and there's and there's no shame in saying I thought that was important now it's not hey guys you know we're we're, you know, we're, we're not doing this anymore so that I can focus here on the stuff that really is inspiring and and meaningful
0: great stuff well i'm i'm seeing from the clock on the wall that it's about time we we began to wrap things up um i want to thank uh, i want to thank tim for sending in these examples these these uh questions and issues that he was uh confronting in his own in his own system and his own practices thank you again uh some really rich food for thought here i'm sure it's been well I, I certainly hope it's been helpful for you and and i'm sure it's been helpful for an awful lot of people and and that's uh, also by way of a reminder for everybody else please do feel free you have any other uh, topics we've had another couple come in in the last few weeks haven't we Robert that we've uh, that we've uh, put in the hopper for potential future coverage so anything that you'd like us to be talking about please do be in touch our goal in doing all this work is really just to be of as much help as we possibly can be Um, and with that thank you for being with us look forward to talking to you next month Robert great as always have a great rest of the summer we'll look forward to to talking to you next month about all these things and uh, in the meantime, be well, enjoy your GTD journey, and let us know how we can be of help.